Good morning, sisters. Our new devotional for the week is focused on thankfulness. In short, it's a one week of uh, thankfulness. And um, I'm going to be reading out what this devotional says and share some of the scriptures with us and hopefully maybe make a comment or two. Okay, and so on thankfulness, today's uh, focus is God's will. So thankfulness is abnormal for the unbeliever, but normal for the believer. A heart void of God's grace is incapable of consistently initiating gratitude, but a heart governed by grace cannot hold back a thankful expression. It erupts in public worship and praise to God. It naturally flows from joyful lips in private prayers, like a small child ecstatic over the gift of a new doll or toy truck. So those who have received the gift of salvation are exuberant over their abundant life in Christ. Indeed, grace is the gift of God that keeps on giving. Not only are we its recipients at conversion, but his grace continues to infuse our faith day by day. Until that day we appear with him. And yes, gratitude keeps our attitude focused on the Lord's goodness. He is still good when others are bad. He is still good when we are sad. He is still good when we are mad. He is still good when we doubt. He is still good when we struggle. So it's necessary we remain thankful regardless of our situation. There are obstacles to exercising God's will of thanksgiving in all circumstances. For example, a wounded heart can't see beyond its own heart and anger. There's no gratitude, only disappointment with God and people. Asking why my Savior, you know, would allow me to be hot. But I say this to you, the heart of Jesus hurts when we hurt. His spirit enters into our pain with comfort and compassion. Our pain is not an excuse to pot, but to pour out our emotions to the healer of our heart. Gratefulness is God's antibiotic. So... What can you release to Jesus for him to handle? A relationship? A health issue? A past pain? Let go and let God. Let God do his work of grace. Perhaps you daily journal the blessings of God. Thank him for your joy in Christ. Thank him for the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat. Thank him for physical shelter from the elements and spiritual shelter from the enemy. God's will for you is to be grateful. Your thanksgiving will inspire all the other people also to be thankful. And so this is what this devotional says to us this morning. I'm going to read the scriptures here and make like a point or two. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 18, it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So first is that it is God's will that we give thanks. The thanksgiving is not something we choose whether we want to do or not. God desires for us to give thanks. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So what that means is that if you love God, and God has already called you according to his purpose, because in receiving Jesus Christ, you've fallen among the number of the called. It means that on the basis of that connection, by implication, all things will work together for you. Why? Because you love God. Because you love God. Colossians chapter 3, in verse 15, it says, And let the peace of God <clears throat> rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. 
and be thankful. So despite all the dramas in the world, the Lord says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know, Jesus said that in the world we'll have tribulations. He says, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. So there is a peace that we find in Christ. That peace, we connect to it by prayer. We connect to it by the knowledge of the word of God. We connect to it by continuous communion, you know, so that our hearts are consistently connected with the Holy Spirit. And we have, you know, we continue to receive strength. The fortification with the Holy Spirit gives us because we're in continuous touch with him. It helps us. It contains the control of the flesh. In control, you know, it contains the control of our mind over our spirit. So it exalts the spirit over the flesh so that the flesh will not be the one dictating or advising us what we should do. And it ensures that the, the, the conflicts in the world are judged by the word of God that dwells in our heart. And then what he also does is that he helps us to stay thankful because if our eyes is seen as God wants us to see, we'll remain thankful. So let the peace of God rule our hearts, <clears throat> you know, to which also we're called in one body. Let that peace, let that peace rule over our hearts and let's be thankful in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 1 in verse 21, it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So when you do not glorify God, you know, in your circumstances and you are not thankful, is a revelation of the condition of your heart. It means that your heart has become filled with futile thoughts, you know, and your heart has become foolish and darkened. It means there's a darkness that has encroached into your heart that is not allowing you see through the eyes of God's word. And that darkness can be dealt with, can only be dealt with by continuous uh, ingestion of the word of God. You continue to ingest the word of God the way you ingest food, the way you ingest drugs. You continue to ingest the word of God, you know, you continue to ingest prayer. You continue to spend time in just communion with God. And these things will deal with any soul sickness, the sickness of the spirit, the sickness of the mind. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So you see, all things are for your sake. Every sacrifice that Christ has made is for our sake. That grace, having spread through many of us, may cause what? Thanksgiving. If our eyes are open and fixed on into, you know, onto what Jesus Christ, the implication of the price Jesus paid for us, we will understand the importance of grace. And that would cause thanksgiving to abound. And when it abounds, it will cause glory to go to God. I would say to us one thing that God requires glory. You know, the, the Bible says, give unto the Lord. This is Psalm 29 from verse 1. It says, give unto the Lord uh, o ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. It says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. If there is something that as Christians we always need to understand, it's part of the protocol of the palace, part of the protocol of entering the presence of God and sticking with him, is to learn how to ensure that glory is given to God because it's due unto his name. Now, Ephesians chapter 5 Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to the God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus. We give thanks to God for all things. We give thanks to God for all things, not some things. We give thanks to God for all things. Every situation, uh, 
uh, is a thanksgiving requirement. We have reason to give thanks, even in pain, in 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 lavish, in luxury, in happiness, in in our downtimes, in our periods of abasing and abounding. There is the requirement to give thanks to the Lord because you are alive, and God is consistent, and your journey is part of your process. So. You need to understand that God is first and every other thing is a benefit. Every other thing is a, an addition. Every other thing is added. When the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, listen carefully, it said, and every other thing will be added, added, added. So every other thing is an addition. Okay, so finally, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 said, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. There is nothing that can change who God is or his position. It doesn't matter the competition that men are even uh, placing as against God. You know, some guys, both in the international community, those who are playing God and all that. The scripture says that, on the night that King Uzziah died, that God was seated on the throne. It doesn't matter what people think. Like, it's important that Christians, all of us, should be prepared at this time to know that we're going to see all kinds of drama. But listen, none of those things, none of those things is a competition with God. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, like the, the scepter of God's kingdom is the right scepter. He rules in righteousness. He rules in grace. He is the great and the terrible one. Nobody, nobody, nothing can do nothing about who God is. They are just, human beings are going to do everything that human beings think they can do. And you know what? Sometimes I believe that God just looks at men and allow them to exhaust all their supposed assumptions. And then they will finally come to the conclusion that they are but men. You know, uh... It's unto his glory. It's unto his glory that some people think they can play good. It's unto his glory. Let them try. Let them try. Let them try. Unfortunately, some of them will wake up in hell before they realize what they're doing, but some of them will stay through and they will still go to hell. But the point is, <clears throat> it doesn't change anything for God whilst people are playing, trying to play he, him. It's okay. You know, it's it's okay. He can watch them do, let them exhaust to their smartness and their intelligence. After all, he gave it to them. Mm. Whilst they are pioneering it or uh, investing in negativity, it's okay to watch. Let's see what it is they think they know and they can do. And when they are done, God will now answer them based on his own perspective. You know, says, so on the basis of the fact that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So there is that need for us to realize that God is the final foundation. That foundation cannot be shaken. And we need to, on the basis of that reality, know that when everything has been shaken, only God will stand. So it says that we best we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And one of those things is the knowledge and the understanding that in all things we give thanks to God. So God bless you this morning uh, as you have listened. I pray the word of God has impact on your heart and helps you to understand everything that the Holy Ghost wants you to understand in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.